You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I'm your host, Trilificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. If you want additional content from me and my squad, or you just want to support the show and Flawless Noises Media Network, subscribe to the Flawless Noises Patreon. It's patreon.com slash flawless noises. Or you can buy some merch. Gay Side Story shirts are available. So go to flawlessnoises.com slash store and pick something up. And now let's start the show. So I'm super duper excited about the guests that I have on this episode. I am joined by Nubia and Francis of the Chronicles Abroad podcast, where the intro music is lit. (laughs) Thank you both for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for having us. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I'll be jamming. I'm like, okay, come on. Listen, you should have seen us when we first had it done because one of our girlfriends did it for us and when we mm-hmm. and she sent it to us francis and i we were like what <laughs> we're like, this is lit because <laughs> i was like i just want to put a plug out there please do please there. do my son's beat that was my son's beat because he makes music so just a quick plug shameless plug yes i'm into it nothing wrong it. with it all right, so let's start off with a couple of questions in the queer query, and then we'll get into the main topic. Question. So, first question: What's an important non-travel-related piece of advice you want to impart on people? Uh, Francis, why don't you start? Sure. Um, I love this question, and the number one thing I always tell folks: Don't come with any expectations. Have Mm. absolutely zero expectations when you're traveling abroad, because the way you see things in your head and the way that you, you know, had experiences, whether from your home country is going to be vastly different than when you step on foot to a whole new country with a whole new set of laws, culture Mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff. So just drop the expectations so that you can have a much better time. Would you say not only expectations, but maybe stereotypical type of ideology as well because you may go somewhere expecting one thing but if you think okay i'm going to china and i know chinese people are are like this and it's like "Eh, do you really know about chinese people because then you get there and it's like wait a minute chinese people are not like what i thought they were exactly i mean that's a good point to, to point out curtis because um people like people abroad are vastly different than they are in their home country versus they are in the states right so when you do get abroad, it's just kind of like uh, just coming with an open mind. Mm-hmm. And also, I always say beginner's mindset of like how you're going to have that experience and just be open to those types of various connections that you'll possibly make abroad. And sometimes I always say, let the other people kind of lead the way, you know, when you start making those connections with people who are a little bit different than you abroad so that you can see how to interact with folks. Okay. Uh, Nubia, what about you? Now, did you ask the question as it being travel related or non travel related? Because I thought I heard you say non travel related. Um, supposed to be non, but I like where Francis took it. I think that's important, and it'll be a good point that we can come back to later. So, okay. Really, either one. 
Okay. I mean, even to piggyback off of what Francis said, regardless if you're moving abroad or not, I think that being open is um, definitely something that people should be open to, right? Mm-hmm. Is one of the things that I used to, like, I, I came from Washington, D.C., so it was a heavy brunch culture for me. Mm, you know, I love a good brunch. Mm. For real, right? But, you know, the moment you say to somebody, oh, you know, I had this to eat or something, and they're like, ew, I don't like that. And it's like, did you try it before? And they're like, no. That's the kind of mindset people need to get away from. You get what I mean? The whole, Absolutely. if you have it, don't knock shit till you haven't tried it. I'm sorry if I can't swear. My, my apologies. No. Um, Ooh, trust me. <laughs> we do a whole lot more than swear on this show. It is fine. Okay. Because <laughs> I got a I got a horrible mouth. <laughs> but, um, you know, just be open. Don't knock stuff um, before you try to educate yourself. Don't come across very ignorant, you know, things like that. Because even when you guys gave the reference about Chinese people, right? Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, you know, Chinese food that we eat in the States do not exist outside of the States. You get what I'm saying? So the things you think you know, you really have no idea. Absolutely, <laughs> so you really absolutely. have to be open to learning to learning new things and educating yourself before speaking. I think that's one major, you know, piece of advice I can give people. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because the job that I started once I relocated to Seattle I have co-workers, like I have one that is, uh, is she Taiwanese? I think she's Taiwanese. And then I have two that are half black. One is half Thai, one is half uh, Vietnamese, maybe. Okay, I could you got be... the whole world over there, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> what we've been doing, you know, we go to lunch and I'm always like, I want to eat the things that you are used to. What did your mom grow up? What did you grow up with your mom serving you? Give us something that's closer to that versus Americanized food. Because a lot of it, there are certain dishes, you know, speaking Chinese food in particular that I like, but I have to be in the mood. So I was like, let's, what do we eat? So let's go to this Korean place and let's, what's this soup that you eat? Okay, you used to eat this growing up. I'm going to try it. Okay, I like it. Okay, you eat this growing up. I don't like this. I don't, I don't want to eat ears. I don't want to eat cartilage. But these other things I'll try. So I think it is important to just have a broad mindset. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to talk about this because Americans, in my opinion, and I could be wrong because I haven't done a lot of traveling outside of the States. But from my observations, Americans are very bad with not applying what they think they know to everything. Especially when they leave the country. And it's like, now that you're out of the confines and the quote unquote safety, because, you know, the darker your skin is, the less safe you are. Or in our, I can agree to that. <laughs> in our cases, that, yeah. the darker your skin or the gayer you are, I don't know. But um, I think I think that, you know, you have a good point. You know, I think the problem is, is kind of exactly what Francis said was more or less the expectation, the westernized expectation that things right. are supposed to look a certain way you know even even the level of hospitality you know francis and i lived in thailand um prior to us now being where we are in different places but um and you know when we were going to go to certain places to eat or do certain things and the hospitality wasn't there it's very frustrating because you kind of anticipate or expect if you walk into a restaurant, you know, to be greeted a certain way or whatever. And when you don't get that, you're like, what the hell? But then you realize that you're in another country. They don't do the same things that you do in the States. Right. The States is very different. 
So you, you got to kind of leave that westernized mentality. I'm not going to front, though. When you go to certain places and you get that, it's like, whoa, it's like a breath of fresh air because that's all you know. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. OK, so next question. What does self-care look like for you? We'll start with Nubia this time. Ooh, self-care. What does it look like for me? <laughs> if you let Francis answer this question for you, she'll be like sitting on the couch, binge watching Netflix or some shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, whatever it well, takes. You know, the, the truth is the truth now, Nubia. Come on now. <laughs> that's, look, that's a part of my self-care regimen. I ain't going to lie. But um, I think self-care really just has to do with what makes your heart smile, what makes you feel good. You know what I mean? What makes me feel good is a good meal, you know what I mean? Some pampering and a good binge watch of whatever I want to watch, whether it's Ratchet TV or a good movie or whatever. Like I like chill time, you know, because I feel like I'm always on the go and I'm always doing so much. So if I can silence everything and everyone and just spend time having, you know, a nice cold beer or a beverage <laughs> and a good meal, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. So that's my self-care. All right. Francis, how about you? My self-care, um, it's a little bit Some different. Some Haitian so. food? <laughs> no. My <laughs> self-care has a lot to do with um, boundaries, has a lot to do with my meditation, you know, getting myself clear-headed, journaling, writing, all that stuff. And my self-care includes solitude. I like to spend time um, alone, you know, reflecting and all that good stuff. And um, also just um, creating space for myself, I think. I think often we just get caught up with um, other people and other things and we don't take a moment to just kind of spend time with ourselves. So I think, you know, my journey abroad uh, gave me the opportunity to really enjoy my own company. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's very important uh, that I get my alone time. Hey, speaking to the crowd, preaching to the crowd, because listen, <laughs> I enjoy being left what the hell alone. <laughs> I just love it. I just love not being bothered. <laughs> it is indeed my it, favorite man. pastime. But I'm trying to break that habit a little bit because, like, I may be a little too antisocial. But sometimes I'm like, I just, you know, you just need time to yeah, recharge yeah. that battery. Space. Like, I definitely feel like I have exactly. a social battery, and it may have a short ending because it can go from 100% to 50 real quick. So. Same here. I, <laughs> I understand it. that completely. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. I used to be an uber extrovert. Like, I'm always on 10. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it wasn't until actually that I started roommating with Frances that I learned how to just kind of enjoy alone time because she's a she's an uber i would say introvert in a way you know what i'm saying so to live in the same house it was a lot of times that we had our our, a lot of times we had our own space and that's so and i learned to be okay with that now i kind of crave it so now i feel like it's i'm more of an ambivert you know what i mean where i I need a balance of the two come on with the educating words i'm here for it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know she could use big words oh I love you. Come on, shade abroad. You know, she lucky her ass is like 3,000 miles away right now. Maybe you're lucky. (laughs) So, I want to start off with you telling my listeners what exactly is the Chronicles Abroad podcast. 
and what made you want to start it? And then we'll go from there. Okay, um, Francis, if you don't mind, I, I, I would like to start this one. But um, so Francis and I have actually lived a parallel life, you know what I'm saying? Not even knowing such until um, we met. And we met in DC maybe about five or six years ago. And at that time, we didn't run in the same circles or anything like that. It was kind of like I met her at a mutual friend's, um, let's say, party or something, barbecue. Mm -hmm. And we had exchanged like our Instagram or social media, some shit like that. And that was it. You know, I never hung out with the girl or whatever, nothing like that. And then um, I was on Facebook one day and I noticed that she was living in Thailand. And I was like, whoa, you know, I, I travel extensively, but I didn't know many people that moved abroad. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we're both black lesbian women, single mothers um, around the same age, you know, and everything else. So I'm like, yo, let me hit this girl up and find out what brought her to Thailand. So I started stalking her on her <laughs> Facebook <laughs> and tapping every and tapping her resources like yo what are you doing down there with me you know and everything else and um I had already been hit with the travel bug and something told me that once my kids were off you know to college and stuff that I was moving abroad so I really wanted to know more and then um my daughter went off to college and I decided to leave so I packed up and I left um and she was the person that I would ask all the questions and talk to about living abroad. But the problem was that, you know, we were doing things very differently. She went and she had joined like a program to mm -hmm. learn how to be a teacher and everything else. And I knew I didn't want to go there and teach in a brick and mortar school. I, you know what I mean? So I, I wasn't going to do it the same way she was. So I started researching online. You know, black people abroad, this, any other. And every time I found stuff, only thing I found were these young white millennials that were packing up after college and backpacking the world with $2. And you get what I'm saying? And it just wasn't my life. You yeah, get what I mean? Absolutely. And I wasn't, I wasn't finding people of color, nevertheless, gay people. You know what I'm saying? There was, there was no LGBT, you know, representations at all. You know, so... I started really searching more and more. And then once I, one day I had a conversation with Francis. This is when I finally was in Thailand. And I was like, yo, do you feel like, you know, you don't see people like us, you know, being represented or whatever? And she was like, nah, you know. And I was just like, we need to, you know, maybe we could tell our stories. I wasn't heavy into podcasting. She was. So she mentioned podcasts. And she's like, listen to this podcast, listen to that podcast. And she would send me links all day long. But I love talking to people. And she knows that I'm a, a, a extrovert in that way. And so we just came up with the idea, like, yo, let's create a podcast. You know, it's something that it's, it's not going to be. We thought at the time that it wasn't going to be difficult. But podcasting ain't easy, number one. <laughs> and Speak on it. Sure enough, <laughs> man, listen. Um, but that's how Chronicles Abroad got started. We really just wanted to share our stories. And before you knew it, here we go. Here we are going into season four. 107 episodes later, you know what I mean? It's just like, Come through. And, and exactly. And now you see like the black travel movement blown up, you know what I mean? So you got travel to war, you got like no madness, you got all these different um, depictions of black travelers. But the difference is a lot of them are just travelers. They're not like expats or they're not, you know, really living abroad. Not a lot of them. So, um, yeah, we share stories of people like us, you know? 
Absolutely. I think that's amazing. Like I said, if the if the amazing intro music does not get you, the content should. But listen, <laughs> you will jig when we you hear that. <laughs> Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at Flawless Noises on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com slash Flawless Noises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, I think that's going to wrap up the Queer Query, and we're going to get into the main topic. So just so that I can make sure that I have everything right and for everyone listening, so you are two black lesbians that are not a couple. Important distinction. Mm-hmm. Living no. abroad, although Francis is currently in the States. I am, yes. Okay. So, Francis, how long have you lived abroad? Uh, three years. So, I first, I lived twice in Thailand. Back in 2016, I went to Thailand. Then my contract finished and I went home for like two months. And then I went to live in Japan. So I was in Japan for nine months, and then I went back to Thailand. So uh, I went straight two years without coming home, hence why I'm, I'm back in the States, kind of catching up with fam and friends and all this sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I've been abroad for three years in Asia. Okay. Nubia, how about you? I've been abroad two years. Okay. So my first time abroad was, my first time living abroad was Thailand. Um, I've been in Germany now for almost a month. And I'm heading to the UK tomorrow Whoop. before I transition to move to Colombia. So now oh, I'm wow. going to check out Colombia. Mm-hmm. I'm just floating around this world at this point. I like that, though. I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning a lot about my travel style and what works for me. And, you know, as much as I love traveling, I need to settle down somewhere that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like. Right. <laughs> It got to have the right food, temperament, you know, weather, everything like so sometimes it takes for you to get up and check a place out before you can really say if it's for you or not. Because I thought I was going to be living in Vietnam. I went to Vietnam. It was like, hell no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. Loves and joy. Exactly. Toodles. (laughs) (laughs) Not mad at that at all. So. You did mention that you didn't enjoy Vietnam. So what have some of your other experiences been like, Nubia? Ooh, I guess it's funny, right? Maybe you should have started with Francis because I I feel like I come across as the pessimist sometimes because I have a different experience from everybody else. You know, like a lot of people love Bali, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, it's paradise and this and the other. And I'm like, what? Like, what did you see that I didn't see? You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't vacation. Like, I go and I live someplace and I'm really, like, in the local neighborhood. So I'm seeing the real, real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people go and they fall in love with these places, but it's designed for travelers. It's designed for Westerners. You get right. what I mean? Because you're and falling in love the- with the tourist aspect rather Correct. than the actual you know- country. 
the bathtubs with the flowers in it and shit. You think we doing that shit every day? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not something, that's not real life. Those right. that's Instagram. You know, they, they, they curate these experiences for you and you're paying for them. They may be a lot cheaper than what they would cost in the States, but nobody is living like that every day. Not the people that I roll with. You know what I mean? Like we don't get me wrong. We live a good life abroad. Um, if you create it, you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, but if you're trying to immerse yourself into a culture, um, it's a lot different than what you see on social media. So like, for instance, Francis and I went to India. Before we went to India, we were ecstatic. You know what I'm saying? We were just like, okay, we're about to see all these beautiful shades of brown, you know, people that look like us, this and the other, and got there. And, you know, I didn't have the best experience being a dark-skinned black woman with short hair. Because hair in India means a lot, number one. And Francis has locks, long ass locks too. So, you know, they're not used to seeing women with their hair locked like that or anything like that. So the constant staring, the constant pointing and, and, and laughter at us and stuff like that, it really took a toll on my mental to the point where we we basically got out of Dodge. We left earlier than we expected to leave, you mm -hmm. know? Um, like I said, I lived in Indonesia for a month and while I was there, my credit card got compromised. You know what I'm saying? I had got extorted for money. It was just like oh. all types of shit. And I was just like, oh my God, get me out of this place. Um, you know, we went to Vietnam and, you know, as much as I did all my research and thought I would love it, you know, Francis and I was in Vietnam and literally had got, um, cat, not cat, would you call it cat called Francis? Yeah, you know, just a little bit. It was it it wasn't pleasant. Just put it like that. You get yeah. what I'm saying. So, as black female travelers, there, we've had some challenging times. Now, it's nothing that put our lives in danger or anything like that, but it just made us feel feel kind of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But to be honest with you, it's it has a lot to do with doing the research way in advance and reaching out to people that may live in those areas and seeing, you know, because Facebook is a great way to connect with people in different countries. You know, there's Absolutely. so many Facebook groups for every place on this planet. So reaching out to people ahead of time, really asking about the political climate, you know, asking about, you know, what it's like maybe to be a female solo traveler um, and things like that, you know, because with me being dark skinned, my experience is very different from a lot of people because I'm totally profiled as African immediately. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate, but Africans are profiled and stereotyped throughout the world. It's, it's colorism on, on, on a whole different scale. Absolutely. So before we throw it over to Francis, I just wanted to highlight that I think it's very important that not only you tell this story but that you make sure that people understand that my individual experiences have not always been good and it's something that i think is very important and i try to do on this show to show people just what you think an experience is supposed to be throw that away when you ask someone what their experience is and listen to what they're saying yeah because i think most people would say okay well you lived here you lived here and you lived here you must be having a blast and i it's it's humbling to an extent to hear yeah i went to vietnam and not for me i didn't like it or i'm a dark-skinned woman i went here and it was very uncomfortable i don't think a lot of mm -hmm. people 
either I feel like it's kind of like a polar scale. Either you're like me and growing up dark skin, I feel like anywhere I go in the world, there's a potential issue or you have some people that are like, no, I can do whatever I want. I'm American and it's just going to be what it is. I know what Thailand is like. I know what this place is like. I know what that place is like. And you're not hearing people's experiences saying you may have an awesome time, but you need to be prepared that you may not. Exactly. And everybody's experience. Everybody's experience is going to be different. I do these things on my personal Facebook page called Newbie Chronicles, and I'm very transparent about, you know, my travels, the ups and the downs, the travel woes. And the reason why I do such is because social media has made it so Instagramification, I guess, Instagramifical. How do we say it? (laughs) Where people are depicting like these long dresses flowing. Instagramified or something? Yeah, something like that. You get what I'm saying? It just looks like, oh my God, I got to go there. But it's funny, right? Because if you go to these places and you look to your right and to your left, you're like, what the fuck? It's like going to the Taj Mahal, right? We went to the Taj Mahal. (laughs) And we were like, really? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful in the photos. And don't get me wrong, when you're on the grounds of the Taj Mahal, you're like, this is nice. Go outside of Taj Mahal, you're like, get me out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody shows you Yeah, I mean, there's a definite contrast for sure. Nobody shows you that other side. Interesting. So, Francis, how, how have your experiences been in the past three years? My experience has been really good. I mean, I've had, of course, ups and downs. My whole purpose of going abroad is a little bit different, you know, kind of like the whole eat, pray, love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, going through the process, learning more about myself. And so my focus, like my experience in Bali, I enjoyed Bali, but I went for a specific reason to meet with Bali healers and do all this stuff. Um, so I had more of a spiritual, I would say, experience. And I learned a lot about who I was and what I wanted, what I didn't want, that sort of thing. And I realized, too, that, um, like, living in Japan, uh, I enjoyed living in Japan. However, I realized uh, the cold weather just wasn't for me. And Japan is, is sort of a country that has a, an interesting paradox in regards to how stressed they are. I felt like I kind of came back to the States which is mm-hmm. not why I moved abroad in the first place. Uh, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned was how to slow down being abroad. Uh, that whole go, go, go and being on autopilot, it's kind of hard to do that when you're living abroad because of the fact that you're always constantly thinking uh, because, you know, it's not easy to communicate or there's so many challenges on a daily basis. Uh, not in a bad way, but in a way that keeps you on your toes all of the time. Um, so my experiences have been just really cool. I've met so many different people abroad, made a lot of connections, um, and really got used to understanding um, impermanence. Uh, I think that that was one of my biggest lessons, uh, is just being able to let go of how people just kind of come in, because it's a very transient world, and if you're not accustomed to that process, it could could really hold you back, you know what I mean? Um, And just being more present and taking things in a moment for what it is absolutely it's very interesting i like how you two have come together to do the build this platform but your backgrounds and your experiences and it sounds like your wishes at least initially with traveling are so different and so i like that you two can come together and we kind of get both sides i don't say both sides because it's multiple sides everyone's experiences are different as nubia said earlier 
But to just see that contrast, like I went looking for an experience in my life and a spiritual journey versus I went because I was like, look, America, girl, I'm tired. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? So I like that contrast. So we touched on it a little bit, uh, racism and, and colorism. Were there any other type of microaggressions that you've come across in your living abroad and your travels? I can't say I have, you know, um, Thailand has been tremendously like a breath of fresh air for me. It's the travels outside of Thailand for me that I've experienced different, um, different things. But I mean, there's a colorism in Africa, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, it's global. And I think my experience, like I said, is very different because I am a dark skin, um, woman, with short hair, I look very different from a lot of people all over the world. So that's my experiences. But it's been positive for the most part. You know, Francis and I are very, we're, we have different, our contrast is very different. Even if you listen to our podcast, you people will hit us up all the time about our banter because we're so different. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, and that's what makes it so exciting because it's, we're not always agreeing. We agree to disagree, but, you know, um, our personalities are so different from one another. You know what I mean? So you have different perspectives. And, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Francis? Yeah, I mean, for me, I haven't experienced anything directly. Uh, but I've definitely heard stories uh, from folks who've taught in Japan in the school system. They definitely have preferential treatment for white skin. Um, and I actually saw my first black face in Japan. I went to do a karaoke with some friends. And there was a big, as a comedian in Japan, I don't know, obviously, his name, but he tends to dress up in black faces. And there was this big uh, cutout cardboard box. I mean, cardboard, a picture of him. And he... Um, and I was like, I've never been that close to it, you know what I mean? And so that was interesting. That was interesting within itself. And so uh, it's definitely there. But I think overall, I feel more uh, racism being here in America than mm. I have felt abroad. And so we joke around a lot of, about it a lot because we interviewed a, a fella and he was like, I have white privilege abroad. And it's very different being able to travel throughout the streets and realize that no one's really checking for you, for your skin tone, your, your skin color. If anything, they're looking at you because you're a, a foreign, a foreigner, a Westerner. That usually seems to come first than the fact of you being a person of color. Uh, so I feel like if you've been able to make it here in the States, uh, you can definitely make it abroad. And I think uh, your skin tone is kind of like the last thing on the list of your worries. Mm. That's good to know. I have a particular friend, Naj, if you're listening, let's start planning. <laughs> I feel like some of my fears have been sated, you know. So if you ever have any questions, you know what I'm saying, you always can hit us up. And I mean, that's one thing, though, is community abroad is a beautiful thing. You mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. if we don't have anything else in common, the love for travel is what we have in common. You know what I'm saying? And it's usually those same stories that we all have, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whatever. It's like, you know, we all have a, a reason that brought us abroad. You know what I mean? So we share those stories. And sometimes those stories really, really resonate. Other times it's those stories where you just need to give somebody a hug or you're just like, oh, that's what's up. Like, just recently, before we left Thailand, Spike Lee happened to be in Chiang Mai shooting a movie with um, 
Chadwick Boseman hey. and ended up basically recruiting all of us black folks to be in the movie. So we ended up being extras in the movie for Spike Lee. Like random shit happens abroad. You know what I mean? Come and it's through. something that yo, it's a beautiful experience once you put yourself in a position to at least try. You know? At yeah. least try. But yeah, you can definitely build a great community outside of the other shit. You're always gonna find shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Shit will always yeah. find you. There's no utopia. There's no utopia, you know what I mean? So don't go looking for the most the perfect ten. However, the I've our quality of life abroad was tremendously better. And I don't think and I always say this all often is the fact that people don't realize the difference because you're in it. But the minute you step away from, wow, I really needed this in my life. The minute you mm-hmm. step away from it, give yourself the opportunity to even just try even for a couple of weeks, 30 days. We always talk about trial runs. But the quality of your life just expands abroad because of the fact that you have access to so many things, either at affordable prices or just healthier stuff, better health care, affordable health care. All those little things that aren't so little, but they have such a huge impact on how you can really, really enjoy your life. So we've seen so many transformations just from our guests, from our own personal transformations mm-hmm. of how much our, our, our lives just improved by being abroad. And let me tell you real quick, let me do this little plug, right? So Francis and I um, had a house in Thailand. We did a video on this too. And people call it the International MTV Crips, right? So we had a three bedroom, two bath, townhome in a gated secured community, 24 hour security, pool, gym, all of that, right? Washing machine, full kitchen. We had a papaya tree in our backyard, okay? Do you know how much we spent for rent a month? $560. Ooh, the life. And we split it. You get what I'm saying? And our utilities maybe added up to like $30, $30, $40 a month. So our total expenses were about $600 a month split between two people. This goes to show you, you know, this is one of the reasons why I was so adamant to leave the States. I had a good life. I had everything I needed, whatever, but I was tired of spending 80% of my paycheck just on cost of living. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? It astronomical prices for car insurance and car note, you know, just the car insurance and the car note alone was like 500 a month, you know, together. And then, uh, you know, having a townhome, which is $2,200 a month. And then this, that, and the other. And before you know, you're spending four, $4,000 to $6,000 a month just to live. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. And nobody should have to do that, you know? So living abroad, we were able to, truthfully, you could make $1,000 a month and live comfortably. You get what I'm saying? I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you should, but you could live comfortably. <laughs> you don't need a whole lot of money, you know, because people have this misconception that travel has to be so expensive. And it's like, no, when you vacation, it's expensive. When you travel and you do it in a way that you set yourself up to be immersed, it's a lot different, you know what I mean? To have a, a apartment or to have, you know what I'm saying? Something that's not a hotel because hotel prices are ridiculous. Ooh, speak on it. You know, I'm having culture shock right now in Europe. I've been I've been in Europe now for a month and I'm ready to haul ass back to Asia. You understand? <laughs> listen, 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 okay? I'm in Boston and I went to D.C. last week and I was like, holy smokes, was I doing this on the regular? I was like, do this all the time, spending this much money for what? Ridiculous. You know what I mean? You know, so, um, I mean, it's not just about the money, but the fact that I think 
you know, one of the greatest things was, like I said, it's just you, you slow down. And we really need time to slow down. Too many of us are just ripping and roaring through life and not really taking a breath, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm glad that you touched on the income part of that a little bit, because that was going to be my next question. I'm wondering, how does the income compare to the cost of living? Because we know that that's a huge issue here in America as well. It's fighting tooth and nail just to get a comfortable living wage. And even when you have it, it's just it just seems like the more money you make, the more money you end up spending, no matter how much you try not to. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. I mean, I think that, you know, honestly, you know, it's it's funny because Francis and I would have these conversations because we were we were both teaching. You know, Francis taught in a school I teach online. And it's one of the easiest ways to get abroad is to teach. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But once you do it, it's not something that will substantiate you for the most part unless you have like a teacher certification, like licenses. So if you're in if and I'm going to say this out loud, if you're in education right now and you're in the States, get your teacher's license, because if you really want to make an impact and make some money, you can work abroad and literally make bank. You understand what I'm saying? Make bank because they English is like needed worldwide. You understand what I'm saying? Like they pay a lot of money to learn the English language. So that's another way to do it. Teaching online is is good money, is decent money, but it's hustle money. Do you get what I mean? Because you got to make sure you have those those students. You got to make sure you pull that money in, you know. Um, but if you're in IT, you have a better position because you could potentially get yourself a remote job abroad, you know. Um, IT is one of the biggest fields that you can do that. So there's ways to make a U.S. salary and still live abroad. Hmm, Because I think more and more tech startup companies are coming up, more um, companies are starting to not want overhead expenses. So they're just letting you be remote. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And IT is just one of the biggest ones. IT and, and teaching uh, really good to get you abroad, and if you can make an American salary and live abroad, man, listen, you said it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Can but I also, if you, if, <laughs> <laughs> but also if you go to like some major hub cities, like we interviewed somebody who thought they were going to teach, but they ended up finding a position in their field. So if you go to big cities like Bangkok, or you know what I mean, you can network your way to a position that feels good for you. So a lot of people get um, bogged down by like, oh, I, how am I going to support me? There's just so there's way too many opportunities abroad, too many connections that can be made, too many people to meet, and people look out for each other as well. Like I mm-hmm. was able to, I got connected with a university gig where I wasn't teaching, and so if you just kind of like leave yourself open to the opportunities, the universe is just going to bless you all the way through. For sure. For sure. And it's one of those things you got to set yourself up to be in those positions, like put yourself in a mindset to say, you know, I'm, I'm here to network and meet people. If you just walking around like most Americans with a frown on your face and you don't want to talk to nobody, you ain't going to get nowhere fast. You know what I'm saying? A simple hello can open so many doors. Mm, OK, so we talked a lot about 
dealing and interacting and having your expectations be curbed. So what has the dating scene been like for <laughs> Oh God. Lord. <laughs> Not the chuckle Lord, before I can God. even finish the question. Word open that. Lord. <laughs> well, Lord. you know, I'm trying to give a comprehensive overview. <laughs> and dating is important. No, it sure yeah. is, man. Yeah. Um, going first? Okay. I'll let you go first, girl. Really? Really? You going to do me like that? <laughs> well, you know, and initially when I went abroad, you know, dating wasn't uh, a primary uh, concern for me. And because, you know, I was just dealing with a lot of emotional stuff that I wanted to work through and process. Um, but, you know, being black and a lesbian in Asia, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a pretty limited, especially if you're not, you know, I, I have a preference for, you know, black women. So uh, <laughs> it mm. makes it a, a lot tougher. Although, you know, Thailand does have a high LGBTQ population, you know, but they view things a lot differently than we do um, in regards to their sexuality and how they present themselves. And so dating was really non-existent, at least for me, while being abroad. But I was okay with it. But I, I came to a point where I was like, okay, well, you know, at some point I do want to have uh, a companion. So uh, part of the reasons why I moved out of Asia is because, you know, I'm actively looking, uh, but kind of, you know, looking for that opportunity and it's not for me in Asia. So okay. that's that's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, um, if you're not open to dating outside of your race, then dating as a black lesbian woman abroad may not be, you know, the best thing, right? And also, you can't. Well, at least in Asia. Yeah, I don't know about any other place, though. When I, you know, I can only speak about Asia because that's where I lived. But, um, for the most part, also, you got to be careful. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm gay and I'm proud in every country either. You understand what I'm saying? Because you will be put to death in certain yeah. countries. Yeah. It's, it's some serious shit. So really understand where you're going, number one. Um, but for me, you know, I have been single for the last two years. I got to a point where I was like, fuck it. And I just kind of put myself on social media like yo um you know single and the universe is gonna be you know this is what i'm looking for type of thing whatever whatever and i ended up meeting somebody online you know she's in she's in the states and um yeah that's it's kind of one of those things where you might end up doing it might not look the way you expect it to look Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying but meeting somebody in thailand wasn't necessarily um happening let's say It wasn't happening. There's plenty of lesbian women. And yes, I was taken on a date and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not attracted to um, everyone, you know, just because you're a lesbian and you live abroad doesn't make you attractive <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Right. So because people will be like, oh, well, so Wait, you, you need more criteria than that. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then it doesn't help that my roommate and my co-host and my business partner and I are both two black gay lesbian women. So many people assume that she and I was together, which I think was just like, how, why would you assume that just because we're two black lesbian women? You know what I mean? And when you see us, we have the, though that stark dynamic, right? Where Francis might come across more androgynous and I come across more feminine or whatever the case may be. But anyway, 
And I think that caught blocked a lot of stuff too, Francis, to be honest with you. Like we needed to put signs on our like that like flashed and was like, nah, be we single. You know what I mean? A t-shirt that says not with her. Not with her. <laughs> Cause I think people automatically assume that just because you're two lesbian women at you're you're dating or you're sleeping together and it's like, no, we're friends. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, nah. Asia wasn't wasn't the move for me. At that time, it wasn't popping. It wasn't popping. Was yeah. And often another issue too was um, you meet a lot of younger folks. You know, we're 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 old. We're sure, seasoned. I'm not old. We're seasoned. <laughs> Come on. So you know, we're we're not you know gonna date the 23. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just not happening. <laughs> so uh, uh, that, that was <laughs> yeah. So that that was another uh, factor. We're older. We're seasoned travelers traveling the world. Um, 35 plus kind of thing you know absolutely absolutely so how have your travels and living abroad affected your family life you both mentioned that you are mothers and obviously you have other families so how has that dynamic been over the past two to three years wow that one's a tough one for me um it affected my life uh, a lot in the way that you know i didn't get the support from my family as much as I would have liked to, right? So Francis and I both are from Boston. And if anybody knows much about Boston, a lot of the people who are from Boston or live in Boston, they don't leave fucking Boston. You get what I'm saying? It's like you have those people that don't leave the four corners that they used to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, so when I was like, oh, I'm moving to Vietnam or I'm moving, it was like, what? Why would you do that? You know, it was very negative you get what i'm saying so um my kids were not interested in coming to thailand at all or to asia they were like oh you know you want to move to the bahamas cool like let's go you know what i'm saying but right. we don't want to go to asia um so you know not being able to see them like i was seeing them in the states was, was difficult for me i had a lot of um guilt you know when i left but then I had to think to myself, like, yo, you raised them. Like, when did, when when does time become about me at all? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, as a parent and as a woman, you know, we're looked at to be, you know, doing this and doing that. And when you don't do what people expect you to do, they immediately look down on you. Like, how dare you? You know? And it's just like, whoa, when, 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 like, can I be an individual not just a mother, not just a, a daughter, not just like, when can I just be me? And why can't I do something that makes me happy? And even if it didn't make me happy, support me in it and be here for me if, it, if I had to come back with open arms and I didn't feel like I got that reception. Um, Francis might have a different experience, but my experience with family hasn't been the best when it comes to me living abroad. Mm. Okay. You gotta keep it real with these people. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Francis, how about you? Yeah, yeah. My experience is a lot different. You know, I very, I'm very close to my family. You know, coming from the Caribbean, we're just like really super tight. Um, and that was part of the problem too, because I, I think I needed to create more boundaries, because uh, I was, I was the, <laughs> the person they called up for everything, kind of. You know, uh, so it was nice to get that space from it all. Um, but my son, he, he caught the travel bug, and he enjoys traveling. I actually met him in Thailand, and. My family is super supportive. I'll be honest, I didn't really tell anybody 
that that was happening because what happens is when you're ready to make some big changes in your life, people project their own fears onto it and it could really taint um, how you make a decision, you know? And so I didn't really share that and I kind of just did my own thing. And I kind of told them probably like a month before I left. So <laughs> that was a bit of a shocker for them. Uh, but And that's part of the reason why I'm moving back to this side of the world uh, is to be a little bit closer because, you know, hopping on four flights to get home is just not ideal anymore for yeah. me. And I just need to, be, I need to be a little bit closer because of the fact that we, I am very close to my family. So um, okay. I think it, it – it, it, I think the, the way it, it impacted them the most was the fact that they had to kind of stand on their own feet without me being around all the time, kind of fixing things. So, um, yeah, but other than that, I think a lot of people, I think, get inspired regardless of like, making those kinds of decisions and being more brave, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's wrap this up with this final question. <clears throat> and you may not even really need to answer it. You probably can just direct people to a source but what's uh some travel advice and or a tip or two for those who haven't heard about you talk about on your show or who may have heard you on this show and now they're curious well first i would say make sure to follow us on social media and you could always reach out to us anytime um because we enjoy talking to people right like seriously come through Um, I really do feel like your network, you have to be able to develop and create a network. You can't do everything by yourself. You get what I'm saying? And it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier when you have people that are doing it, right? So basically check us out at Chronicles Abroad on Facebook and Chronicles underscore abroad on IG. Um, The other only thing I can say is like, do it, just do it. Every single buddy that we've ever interviewed and we ask that same question, like what's a bit of advice you can give to somebody who wants to, you know, travel more or move abroad. Everybody has the same consensus. Just do it. Stop saying you're going to do it tomorrow, next day or Mm -hmm. next year, or you got to wait, you know, five years for this person to grow up and go to college. Nah, time is not on our side. Okay. At all. You never know when you know your time is up or the next person's time is up and you don't if you're going to leave this earth tomorrow and never got to be able to experience the things that you've ever wanted to experience it you're not going to leave for you know fulfilled feeling fulfilled at least try you know mm-hmm. so i had one of my friends come visit me in january and this was her first time traveling solo and she traveled all the way to Asia, which is the on the other side of the damn earth. She was so proud of herself. You know what I'm saying? And I was so proud of her because she she's one of those people that just really likes her comfort zone. You get what I'm saying? So after we had a conversation and I'm just like, look, you know, come on, you can do this. I'm here. I'll be here when you get here. You know what I'm saying? With open arms, this and the other. And when she showed up in Thailand, she was so just so happy that she had had that experience. And now she's just like, when's the next trip? Where am I going next? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it sparks and it ignites this passion inside of you that you that may be suppressed or dimmed because you're not, you know, you're not utilizing it. So just do it for me. What about you, Francis? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the biggest things that I experienced being abroad is the fact that you don't realize the amount of inner resources that you have, because I think a lot of people underestimate their inner resources, their skill sets, and their ability to navigate difficult or challenging situations. 
because a lot of the things that we've heard a lot of our guests say, well, I didn't know I could do that, you know, but if unless you give yourself the opportunity to lean against your edge a little bit, uh, unless you do things, even if you're afraid, people still are doing things regardless of that fear, you're not going to know. So don't underestimate your ability to navigate this world effortlessly. Um, and so just do it. I mean, I, when I, before I moved abroad, one of the things that I was facing was, you know, my, pa- my father passed away uh, for that same year. And it wasn't a good time because we hear that a lot. Oh, we're going to wait. You know, this is not a good time. We hear that a lot. It's never going to be a good time. Ooh. Never going to be a good time. So you just have to just step out on faith, take that leap. And know that the universe has your back because like Nubia had said earlier, there are communities everywhere and people are willing to help you because you're kind of in it together. So don't worry about all the other stuff. It'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like y'all were tugging directly at my wig. Whole scalp just exposed right now. <laughs> but no, it's, I think that those are very important points and the reason why i said you know it felt like a little tug at my my wig is because these are all emotions that i had just moving from my home city and so i and i i've been kind of embracing this feeling of i I just feel free i don't have as much stuff i still have stuff but i don't have a whole apartment's worth of stuff anymore i just feel so much more mobile that now I'm open to more possibilities that I wasn't because I was so far in my comfort zone, which is honestly a part of the reason why I made the move. Cause I felt like knowing myself, maybe I need baby steps. It's, it may not be practical for me to just pick up and move halfway across the world. But at the same time, it was like, I still just have to do it. So I'm glad that you are echoing these things that i've been feeling i feel a little bit validated not that i needed it but i feel like sometimes when you don't need the validation that's when it's just like heaping on you so i'm glad that we were able to have this conversation and it just it feels good and i love seeing black people just doing things that a lot of times other black people don't feel like we can do I love scrolling mm. through your your Instagram exactly. and all of the different guests that you have and just seeing like, just black people all over the world thriving doing what they can thriving. what mm-hmm. they can do exactly. doing what they want to do and it doesn't always have to be here in America you know what I mean? So exactly. complaining about the same yep. old mess. You know what I mean? Ooh, listen, I'm very, very happy about that. I'm also happy that you were able to join me on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Curtis, for having us. This was great. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I can't wait for people to hear this. And make sure you guys follow Chronicles Abroad. Listen to the show. Subscribe. Give them some spins. Interact with them. All of the details will be in the show notes. Catch those ladies where they are. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Curtis. So that's that on that. Another show in the books. Real quick before we get out of here, chime in. If you have thoughts on what you've heard, sound off. Use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show. As a brief reminder, you can listen to this show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, countless others, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. 
send in any gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. And that can be letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories, pitches for being on the show. If you want me to be on your show, send all of that stuff to gaysidestories at gmail.com. Take a moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. And if you really love what I'm doing here, write a review. That's how people find us. And despite how Apple treats that podcast app, it is still the biggest hub for podcasts. And we want to be seen. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure you're sharing this podcast with others. I appreciate the likes, but reposting and resharing could potentially turn into a new listener. Remember, you can also find me on Ratchet Ramblings with Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows and being probably offensive, but it's all in good fun. Lastly, I say this all the time and I mean it. Love yourself and whether you're top, bottom, verse, however you identify, protect your walls or they will crumble. You do not want to be out here with walls like ancient ruins and I'm out. See you guys when I see you.